for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst, and we've been busy this week. National Signing Day, you guys heard our earlier podcast, just probably about 10 to 12 hours ago. But then also, we're going to obviously have a Wisconsin-Nebraska game preview, 11 a.m. Central Time, BTN. You're going to hear from Sean Callahan of Husker Online, our cousins at Rivals that cover Nebraska athletics in just a little bit, but then uh, also an interview with Caesar Williams will play immediately thereafter, but just a bit of housekeeping news real quick regarding yesterday's podcast with, with Wisconsin commit Lauren Bowman rivals reported that his only official visit came on November 2nd, 2018. When we talked to him yesterday, which was a great conversation with him and a, a great talk with the newest Badger, we believe he meant he only visited Madison twice, as he noted later in the interview. Just want to do a quick housekeeping there. Back to the Nebraska game. John, 11 a.m. kickoff, BTN may not have been the matchup we all thought at the beginning of the year between Wisconsin and Nebraska with the hype that the Huskers had in year two of Scott Frost, but this would be a, this is a big game for Wisconsin to stay in the Big Ten West race, depending on what happens between Iowa and Minnesota just few hours after Wisconsin and Nebraska play, but it's still a big, big game. Nonetheless, freedom trophy on the line. And of course the bigger thing staying in the divisional race. Yeah. You know, you go back to when we were in Chicago, Jake, and the talk of the town was, was, uh, well, at least in the big 10 West uh, was Nebraska and, you know, year two under Scott Frost and, you know, their chances of winning the, the big 10 West and going to Indianapolis and, you know, the, the, the big jumps that that program was going to make. And, uh, you know, we have not seen that. Um, you know, this is a, a program that um, I, I think they've made improvements from last year, but they are nowhere near they where they want to be. Um, and, and that's not saying that I don't think it can happen, but it's just it's funny to look back because, you know, we, we heard a lot about Nebraska and we heard a lot about Michigan uh, in the summer. And, you know, when when you start to play the games, uh, we're, now we're talking about Minnesota and we're talking about Ohio state. So, um, you know, things can change and you know, Nebraska hasn't taken the jump. I think that a lot of people assume they would uh, in, in year 200 Scott Frost. Now just some quick injury updates for Wisconsin for that matter. Bryson Williams out. He was previously mentioned on the preliminary status report delivered by Monday from UW as out with a left leg injury. Samar Melvin, who was questionable on Monday, reserve true freshman cornerback who has traveled with the team and road games. He is also now downgraded to out. So those two, those are the two young badgers that will not be playing in Lincoln for Nebraska. And if you guys go to Husker online, of course, you know, we talked to Sean Callahan in just a little bit, but Wandale Robinson, the true freshman running back who is very vital in their game over 300 yards rushing so far. And then on top of that, their leading receiver, he is, according to what Husker Online had reported, uh, according to, I believe, a, a the offensive coordinator, Troy Walters, had said that he is a game-time decision, which would be a big-time blow if he cannot go because he is one of two major weapons for Adrian Martinez 
to, to throw to and to make plays with alongside JD Spielman. So that's something to watch there, but John, let's get to the keys of the game in for offense. Wisconsin returned to form 300 yards, rushing 250 from Jonathan Taylor last week. They go up against a, a Nebraska defense that is allowing just under 220 yards per contest to big 10 teams in those, uh, in those six contests. But what is your key to the game on the offensive side of the ball for Wisconsin? Yeah. You know, I, I think Wisconsin needs to do what it did last week. And that starts on the offensive line. Um, you know, you really like to play uh, of that group and you, you against a good Iowa defense, you know, with Jonathan Taylor going for 250 yards, um, you know, as special as Taylor is, that's, that's tough to to do against Iowa. Um, so that, that starts up front. Um, I'm curious to see if, if Joe Rudolph has found a group that, that works for him. And, you know, that's what David Mormon at left guard. That's what Jason Erdman at right guard. Um, and obviously Biotis in, in the middle of that and Van Lannan and, and Logan Bruss at the tackle spot. So, you know, maybe that's that group that he's ready to play moving forward. Um, you know, we didn't see, uh, you know, I don't think any substitution, unless I'm wrong in, in the Iowa game, I think that's, that's the group that, that was performing well. So um, you would imagine that it's, I don't want to say easier, but you know, if you look at Iowa's defense compared to Nebraska's defense, I think there's a lot more holes on Nebraska's defense. So you would imagine that Wisconsin is going to be able to, to, to run the football against Nebraska. And I, I think that's the key to the game. And obviously, you know, last week I talked about, you know, taking some more vertical chances. I thought Wisconsin did that, but I think this is a game that you can really set the tone uh, with Jonathan Taylor and, you know, Wisconsin, I think can carve out a nice lead early in the game. If the offensive line is performing like it did last week. For me, I think really it's the keys and it's going to be cliche, but honestly, it's not turning the ball over Uh, going into another stadium. You saw Wisconsin cough up the ball twice on chase young strip sacks against Ohio state and which just further cemented their loss. But on top of that, two fourth quarter turnovers at Illinois, the Jonathan Taylor fumble. And then you had, of course, the Jack Cohen interception, which led to the game winning drive for Illinois. And in my opinion, obviously you can't let a team like Nebraska, which has 10 interceptions on the year. And I believe four fumble recoveries. You can't let them have any form of momentum. It's, you mentioned it running. Jonathan Taylor has 470 yards on 49 carries in two games against Nebraska. A great mark for him, but uh, big thing, keep the turnovers low, if at all, obviously, and don't let Nebraska have any momentum with those. And so that's my key offensively. And that goes to Taylor's fumbling, John, uh, Jack Cohn, and the offensive line protecting Cohn, but also Cohn not throwing interceptions too. Defensively, you have Adrian Martinez, who is a dual threat, a true dual threat quarterback. Justin Fields, I would say, is more pass first, but Martinez has the, is the team's leading rusher. You have, J, I mentioned before, J.D. Spielman and possibly Wandale Robinson if he is able to go and healthy. But in your vantage point, John, what is the key for the defense on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I think it starts with Martinez. And, you know, he's struggled this year. Um, you know, compared to what he was last year. And, you know, he was in the Heisman conversation, you know, in the preseason stuff along with Jonathan Taylor. And obviously, you know, both those guys are kind of on the outside looking in. Martinez much more so than than Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, he, like you said, Jake, he's a guy that can get it done with his legs. And 
Um, you know, if you look at last year, they, they had spurts of good tempo against Wisconsin where they were moving the ball uh, up and down the field. So I think it starts with him, but, you know, also, you know, limiting the big plays. Um, you know, we saw, uh, you know, Iowa in a game that probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, as it was down the stretch. You know, they hit, they hit that big play for that touchdown pass. I think that was Harold who was beat. Uh, so, you know, it's like you talked about, especially being on the road, you, you want to limit those big chunk plays. But um, again, I think it starts with Mar- Martinez. You want to keep him one dimensional. Because if he's back in the pocket throwing the football, I think he's going to give Wisconsin a couple chances to to create some turnovers. But he is a guy, if you get him out in space, he can make plays. So I think containing him is big. Making him a, a true passer in this game will be big for Wisconsin. And I, I think they'll be able to do that. You said contain Martinez. You know, I'll say containing J.D. Spielman. Last year, for those that don't remember, nine receptions, I believe 209 yards and a big touchdown. The secondary's gotten a lot better last year from last year. They've gotten a lot better from last year. They need to do better. And Wisconsin, this is a time for Wisconsin secondary to prove, you know, that they've made a giant leap, especially against a great player like Spielman. So I'll go that route and to contain that passing game. Joining us now to help us dive deeper into Nebraska. We've got Sean Callahan from our rivals cousins that cover Nebraska athletics at Husker online. Sean, it's a big, in terms of Big Ten West matchup, a critical one for Wisconsin. We know Nebraska hasn't necessarily performed up to what the outside expectations are heading into Saturday's game through nine games. But through your eyes, what's been the general impressions from what you've seen leading into Saturday's battle for the Freedom Trophy? Yeah, it's been it's been rough because, I mean, the, there were expectations for this team to obviously have a, a big year, you know, everyone's definition of big year was different from eight, nine, ten wins, Big Ten West title, et cetera. And here they are, you know, they have an outside chance of making a bowl, but to make a bowl game, they're going to have to beat Maryland and one of the two between Iowa and Wisconsin, which I will tell you that's not going to happen. But this season, when you look at it, it really to me has been defined within three moments. Um, Nebraska had a 17 nothing lead at Colorado. They blew it in the second half, and they gave up 250 yards in one quarter. It's kind of had a meltdown and, and lost out at Colorado. Um, and then they had another game against Indiana when they were up 14-3. to three. Uh, The Hoosiers get a, a sack on a blown blitz pickup by a running back that leads to a fumble, and they scoop it up. Nebraska was in the red zone driving, and they scoop it up, and they're able to, to run it down and get a touchdown. Um, pretty much on the next play after the fumble, and, and that kind of sparked things. And Indiana won that game, and then at Purdue, Nebraska was rolling. They're up ten nothing, but it probably should have been twenty one nothing. You know, they, they just had a couple things not go right. And the ten nothing lead should have been a lot more than that, and it backfired, and they lost out at Purdue. So those are the three moments to me that have made this season four and five, or six and three, or seven and two, and you know, it's just been that kind of year. You know, look at the offense. A lot of it, you know, the focus, and I know Wisconsin's paying a lot of attention to it, to him, it's quarterback Adrian Martinez, and huge freshman campaign, came into Camp Randall last year, Camp Randall Stadium, and lit up Wisconsin for almost 400 yards passing, had a rushing touchdown as well. This year is a little different, completing under 60% of his passes, still has about 1,500 yards, is, is the team's leading rusher, but only seven touchdown passes, six interceptions. 
you mentioned in our Q&A, which is on BadgerBlitz.com right now, just talking about, you know, what's happened and maybe he's not looking like himself. What what type of instances are you seeing where he wasn't in this season as a sophomore? What's showing on film that maybe, you know, he he's not doing from what was seen last year? Well, it's kind of one of those all of the above type answers, but it started week one. Um, they, Nebraska against South Alabama, they were the largest Vegas point spread favorite. I mean, that that was the kind of thought out there about what this offense was supposed to be. They were favored by like 38 points, um, which for week one games was the highest spread um, for teams not playing FCS teams. And they went out and they laid an egg and they won, but it was not comfortable. They had a score a couple defensive touchdowns, a special teams touchdown. The special teams outscored the offense or the, the offense and defense special teams outscored the offense and Martinez struggled. And, you know, the offensive line wasn't moving people. They weren't getting a consistent run game. They didn't really get any production out of receiver. Um, the protection was not there. And the Martinez just looked off and they had a new center who had never played center never played offensive line before a converted tight end. He was a four-star guy, but, he really struggled with his snaps. Um, a lot of his snaps were really high. One went over his head that went for like a 20-yard loss. And it just kind of got off to a bad start from the get-go. And it just always felt like they are trying to play catch-up. And Martinez never looked comfortable. And th- maybe the only moment you can say, we're like, wow, he looked like the guy we thought was Illinois when Nebraska's offense went for, I think it was nearly 700 yards out there in, in, in the win. Uh, but they still had four turnovers that day as a unit, um, and and you know he made a, he made a bad throw and they had some fumbles, um, so it, it just never really be, you know it's never really fully clicked. And when they have clicked, unfortunately their defense hasn't clicked. Their defense, like against Indiana, I think they gave up 12 third and fourth down conversions and they couldn't get off the field. So it, it's been a little bit of everything, and it's obviously been very frustrating. Um, to coach Frost just because they can't really get a handle on this team. Now on that offense too, you have JD Spielman, who obviously a dynamic player. He torched Wisconsin for over 200 receiving yards in camp Randall stadium last week or last year. But then also, I mean, he has close to 700 yards through the air this season, 35 receptions. So close to 20 yards per catch what does he do so well and what he has done so well this season, but what is also the true freshman Wandale Robinson, who according to Huskers online, for those that have rival subscriptions, he is right now, uh, according to uh, what you guys wrote just yesterday, possibly a game time decision, but what do those two bring to this offense? Yeah, they are the big weapons. Um, You know, Maurice Washington is not on the roster anymore. He was the other one, but any play over 20 yards, those are the two guys along with Adrian Martinez that are going to really produce them. Other than that, they don't have a lot of those types of players, but uh, JD's is really consistent. He doesn't get a ton of targets. I mean, it's not like they go to him 15 passes a game. He probably gets anywhere from six to 10 a game. And, um, you know, rarely does he drop passes. and He maximizes the opportunity. Um, he's really good at making guys miss in space. Um, Wandell Robinson is very similar as well, but he can play running back. He can play receiver. Um, he compared a lot to Rondell Moore. Um, they train together, work out together. He's a similar type of style of player as far as how they use him at Nebraska. And um, he'll be up for freshman All-American and, and some high honors. So 
uh, Wondell is one of the better freshmen Nebraska's had in a long time on offense as far as what he's been able to do this year. Looking defensively, <clears throat> and we, we called it out during the just the, the rushing attack, uh, the rush defense for Nebraska, giving up about 220 yards per contest to Big Ten opponents, but about 174 overall, including the non-conference schedule. Do you think, where do you think Wisconsin could take advantage of the Huskers defense and exploit them on Saturday with that run attack where you, know, you called it out, where I, I caught the stat right before I talked to Jonathan Taylor, where he's rushed for 470 yards on 49 carries in, in, in the past two years. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is Nebraska's linebackers have struggled this year. Um, they've lost the edge a ton. Um, so I envision Wisconsin's going to try to find things on the edge and get Nebraska's linebackers, you know, out of alignment. And then their inside linebackers. I think they're going to do what they do, a lot of pre-snap shifting and movements to try to get, you know, guys' eyes off off offline, and, and, and that has led to big plays. Um, the other thing is I think the short passing game. Um, Purdue two weeks ago completed 31 passes against Nebraska. 15 of the 31 came on Nebraska's inside linebackers, the two inside linebackers. Um, so I would imagine – between Ferguson and the shorter passing game of Wisconsin, they're going to try to find ways to, to make Nebraska's linebackers cover. And that's been kind of the book on this Nebraska defense. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, but do you feel the Wisconsin defense has the ability to stop Martinez on the ground? Or do you feel he's going to get some significant yardage against a team like Wisconsin, where you saw it against Illinois, where maybe they didn't have a running quarterback, but having players in space, they did not tackle as well. I think a lot of it will depend on if they get a running game besides Martinez. Can Dedrick Mills or Wandell Robinson, can somebody else spark Nebraska's running game? Uh, because Martinez can't do it all by himself, and they've got to be more efficient. They've already talked about the average teams only get about 50, 55 snaps against Wisconsin's defense per game. Um, so you're, you're, you're already down 20 to 25 snaps as, a, as an offense against Wisconsin the way they hold the ball, the way they play defense. Um, so you have to maximize that, and they're going to have to find ways to make plays and get a running game. Um, and if they're able to have good early down efficiency, then Martinez is that much more dangerous. But if Martinez is in second and long and third and long, um, they can account for him as a runner and you know kind of keep a spy or a drop zone on him. And they can drop extra guys back in coverage because Nebraska's offensive line has struggled times to block front four so I would imagine you know Wisconsin's hoping that they can keep seven in coverage a lot and make Martinez make tough throws and which hopefully that will lead to turnovers but um, you know Martinez has been so up and down this year it's just hard to know which Adrian Martinez is going to show up to Madison. Final question for you how do you think Saturday's contest will go obviously it's been one-sided since Nebraska joined the Big Ten in 2011 uh, starting with that, was it October clash in Camp Randall Stadium with Russell Wilson? But where do you, you know, where do you see this game going, and what's your prediction for Saturday? You know, it's funny. You think about the two times Nebraska recently was close to Wisconsin was the only two times the Badgers really haven't had like a home run running back. Corey Clement was good, but he was not Melvin Gordon, Monty Ball, or obviously uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, other than that, Nebraska has really struggled. They, the, the lone win came in 2012 
when the Badgers fired their offensive line coach in midseason, and then they got it back together after that. They had some internal problems with the coaching hire that year, and Nebraska just got them at the right time and beat them that day in Lincoln before losing in the Big Ten championship game. But, yeah, with questions around Robinson and Nebraska's inconsistencies, I, I just have a hard time, um, you know, seeing Nebraska win this game. I, I've got Wisconsin – you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 34 or 14, 34, 17. I think they will probably cover the 14 and a half point line right now. And uh, Nebraska just hasn't put it together enough to really think that they're going to have a chance to beat a, a team like Wisconsin, especially a team, you know, I think Wisconsin, not only are they still in the West race, assuming what Iowa can do to Minnesota, but they're in the New Year's six race as well. I mean, I think at minimum, I'm sure the Badgers will want to get to 10 and two. Um, and if they beat Minnesota, Minnesota still wins the West. Uh, I'm sure the Badgers are like, look, we'll still probably get into a New Year's Six Bowl game at that point. So they've got a lot still in front of them, whether it's the Big Ten West or even a New Year's Six Bowl game. Absolutely. Sean, before we let you go, going to Husker Online, what can fans expect with your coverage leading up to the big game? Oh, yeah, we'll have uh, our full regular Tunnel Talk War Room on Friday. So a lot of inside information on the game and uh, recruiting information going into the weekend as Nebraska will have nine official visitors in town um, taking advantage of that because uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but signing day being in December, there are actually only two visitor weekends after Thanksgiving uh, to bring in recruits before signing day. And if you play in a conference championship game, you only have one visitor weekend before signing day. Um, So Nebraska really bringing in a lot of guys here late in the year. Um, and we'll have coverage on that. And obviously um, a lot of analysis and coverage here on the game on Saturday. Sean, great having you on the show. Love to catch up with you, especially when basketball season kicks up with big 10 play, have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jacob. Thanks a lot. We're here with Caesar Williams now and a big win. How was the locker room feeling after the win against Iowa and bring, you know, retaining that Heartland trophy once again? Um, it's always it always feels good, you know, just come up with a win. Um, the locker room felt great. Felt like the other games uh, just got back got back to winning. We went in a little hole, but that's over with. So, and always playing for a trophy game, the energy in the locker room is just different. No matter what the score is or what team it is, it's just a great win to have. Now, we had a joke on this, at least I did with a couple of people, about your t- tackle for loss. It was like a three-yard loss. We called it a butt tackle. What You shed a block enough where then you swung your body, and essentially with your derriere you made a, a play. What? How through your eyes, what did you see in that tackle for loss? And obviously, how's the feeling to, to make that play? Um, the feeling after making the play was great. The knowing I got him on the ground, um, just um, I just see when I I just seen what I needed to see and just triggered and just trusting, knowing like if I miss this tackle, I have my teammates running pursuing to to get there as well. But from my perspective, is I want to be the guy to make the play. So. Um, just doing it by any means, getting him down and setting my team up for a greater down for the next play. What did you see? The passing game for Iowa kind of came alive later on. I know there's a the big 75-yard touchdown later on, but what else did you see from their passing game maybe where in that second half where they're trying to make that comeback? Um, you know, I I really didn't see much. They got a couple. You know, they might got a P.I. here or they might get a good ball here and there, but um, – 
it was I think we beat ourselves more than them just making plays. You know, I thought I thought I had a contra- controversial call um on the on the on the ball they threw on my side. Um the receiver kinda grabbed my head and pushed me down so I couldn't find and play the ball. I thought that was should have been called. I didn't I thought Goose's pass interference was a little, you know, they they wouldn't you know, they normally wouldn't call that. So I think passing their passing game was I think we did a good job shut it down. They got a late one late in the game, but um, you know, those are gonna come and go. Um but other than that, I think we, we did a pretty good job stopping it. What do you remember from that Nebraska game, looking ahead, but also looking to the past, that last year's game where Adrian Martinez threw for almost 400 yards, but through your eyes, what was, what happened in that game, and what did you guys learn from that contest for the rest of the year? Um, from that game, I think we just learned how, you know, we could we could beat a lot of teams one-on-one, but it's also teams that, that know they can't beat you one-on-one, they'll just try and beat you another way scheme-wise. So being the defense that we are, we got to dominate one-on-one matchups as well as scheme matchups. So that's the next biggest thing. And I think why they threw for that many yards, I don't think it's just because um, it was more so us not doing our job and uh, more so them tricking us more than them, so beating us. And that was also a game that I didn't play last year. So, you know, um, I feel like I could have been a, a, a difference maker and stopping a lot of those passing yards and making them go the other way. Looking at this year's team, I know obviously they've – According to media expectations, have underachieved, but that offense is still potent. With a, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, what do you see from them? But also like a JD Spielman, others in that receiving core. They have some talented guys. Um, nothing that we haven't seen before, but um, we just got to come out there and just n- do what we do every week, you knowing trusting our technique, trusting our coaches, and just when we're out there, just playing, um, not playing plays, but just playing playing comfortably, playing, you know, confident. And I think it'll be a good matchup for us. And the, does the tempo for them affect you guys? How do you guys adjust to tempo and how key is communication, obviously? Um, it's, it, it challenges you to do. Um, it challenges you to get your wind up. Um, it challenges you to communicate more. Um, I, I mean, we've we seen it all. We've seen huddle. We've seen no huddle. We've seen look over. So it's nothing we haven't seen before, so I don't think it'll be a problem. And then in terms of, obviously, this is the second of three rivalry trophies. Mm-hmm. How much would it mean to, again, to go to, you know, two for two with Minnesota coming up at the, at the end of the year? Oh, yeah, it'll be good to go two for two. But, I mean, to go two for two, you must go one game at a time. So um, we're going to knock out Nebraska first, then worry about Minnesota. But, I mean, it's good to have all these trophy games in the end of the year in November football. It gives you another reason to, you know, cherish November football. So um, keeping the Harlan Trophy will be a good thing for us. I mean, it's been here, so we want to keep it here. All right, last question then for me, I promise on this one. Mm-hmm. But is it hard not to scoreboard watch or to, like, pay attention to what's going on with, obviously, Minnesota-Iowa play this week, but is it is it hard as a player to, I mean, it's human nature to kind of look elsewhere, but how do you guys focus in, and is it hard to focus on that when, you know, you have to, when you have other teams ahead of you right now in the division? Um, no, I don't think we really look at that as a team. I think we just focus on what we got to do and let the rest handle, let, the, let everybody else handle the rest, so... We're going to go in each and every week, go game by game, day by day, and make sure we do what we have to do so the uh, so the other odds will fall in our favor.
And of course, you just heard from Caesar Williams on the BadgerBliss.com podcast. He and the Wisconsin Badgers will travel to Lincoln to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And hey, that's a big game on Saturday for the Badgers and their chances in the Big Ten West. And if you're wanting to make the trip out to a historic stadium like that or even watch Wisconsin Marquette, make sure you have your seat for the game with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and, and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And of course, when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. November is one of the great sport months of the year. Wisconsin Badgers with football, college football playoff rankings. You have NFL. You have college hoops. You have so much more. NHL, NBA, you name it. My bookie is the best place to get in and on the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Of course, props, futures, and in-game betting is available as well. NFL lines, NBA lines, NHL lines, NCAA hoops, all at your fingertips. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code OVERTIME to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We are back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. John, let's get to the game predictions. Who you got and why? Yeah, I got Wisconsin. Um, I I just don't think Nebraska is is going to be much of a test, to be honest with you. Um, I think that Jonathan Taylor has a big day. And, it, it, you know, we've talked about this and you've written about this, the the ability of Wisconsin's running backs to, to run very effectively uh, against Nebraska. Um, this is – a defense that is not anywhere close to, I think, what, what Iowa's defense is. And um, I, I think Wisconsin's able to move the football. Uh, you, you talked about limiting turnovers. I think that's huge, too, Jake. Um, I don't think Jack Cohn's going to be asked to do a whole lot this game. Um, you know, I see something like 31-10 to 10 Wisconsin. Um, I, I think they try to go out and make a statement as a team that's still fighting for a spot to, to be in Indianapolis in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I got Wisconsin right now. I'll say 31 31- 31-14. I was going to go 31-10 or 31-13. I've said that on a couple other shows, but it's Friday. I'll say 31-13, Wisconsin. 31-14, Wisconsin. There we go. And I think Wisconsin dominates in the run game. I think Nebraska gives them some fits a little bit here and there when it comes to Adrian Martinez. Wisconsin needs to tackle in space. That's a big thing I'm going to harp on just because you saw what happened against Illinois against a team that Wisconsin should have beat. So, I'll go 31-14 Wisconsin. On that note, folks, coming up, we got a lot for BadgerBlitz.com. We got our game previews. We have basketball. We'll have, a obviously, Wisconsin Marquette on Sunday. We got a lot coming to you 
along with more recruiting, as always, our bread and butter as part of the Rivals Network, where you can find us, wisconsin.rivals.com, badgerblitz.com, on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers, on badgerblitz.com, for Twitter, at McNamara Rivals, me, at Jake Coco, and then, of course, the official Badger Blitz account, at Badger underscore Blitz. For this podcast, we'd love five-star reviews. Why? It helps us stay popular, relevant. We want to increase this podcast, the popularity to make it the best podcast out there for Wisconsin Badger fans. How to do that? Please rate us. Five-star reviews are great, but hey, give us some genuine feedback. What can we do to make this podcast better? And then, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and tune in again. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we want to make this a fantastic show for everyone to listen to at least at least twice a week, and we have been busy. So, we, uh, for John McNamara, this is Jake Kokorowski. Looking forward to seeing you guys back on this show coming up later this week. And, of course, follow all the coverage on BadgerBlitz.com. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon here on the Overtime Media Network.